What a wonderful, wonderful church. What a wonderful, wonderful pastor we have. Amen. Amen. Awesome man of God. Pastor Goodluck asked me uh, last week at the end of Bible study, he said, can you teach uh, another lesson on this? And I said, anything you want me to do, Pastor, I'll do it. So that's what we're going to continue on tonight, Christ our Passover. And I believe uh, God's going to give us insight into the Passover blessing. Let's pray. Father God, there's no way that I can teach this lesson, and there's no way that we can hear your voice without the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would minister to us tonight. Open up our minds. Cause us to see by way of your word, your divine blessings. I pray, Father, that Jesus would be revealed in the word of God tonight. And I pray above all, Father God, that you would be glorified above all. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to begin uh, in Exodus chapter 12. We've kind of been using this as a foundational text. I first taught this uh, in April, I believe, um, April the 8th. And then last week I taught it again. So this is the third third session on teaching on this. And we've been using this as our foundational text. Exodus chapter 12, verse 3. God speaking to Moses. He says, speak ye to all the congregation of Israel. And we said last week that when God said that, that it was an all-inclusive blessing that he wanted the entire nation to experience or to hear. They were to be partakers of all the covenant blessings, every person there, saying in the tenth day of the month, they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. So again, God's stressing that he wants or he expects all of his covenant people to experience covenant blessing. And so he's talking to us also tonight as new covenant believers. He wants and expects each and every one of us in the body of Christ, from the greatest to the least, to experience the fullness of the blessing. Of the Passover blessing. Let's go now to Exodus 12 and verse 13. The Bible says, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And God says, When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not come upon you to destroy you. When I smite the land of Egypt. So God, again, speaking, and he says, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. In other words, in terms of the new covenant, the covenant that we, uh, we enjoy through Christ, 
The Bible says that God has passed over us through Jesus Christ. All of the curse has passed over us. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So all of the plague of the curse, the curse that's in the world, Adam's curse, Scripture says that all of God's new covenant people have been redeemed from that curse. God expects us to experience that. He expects us to believe for that. When the curse tries to attach itself to you, God expects you and I to resist it in the name of Jesus. No matter what that curse may look like, no matter how it may manifest itself, whether physical, financial, family-wise, God expects you and I to submit ourselves to the Word of God. Resist the enemy, and then we can expect the enemy excuse me, to flee from us. Amen? So that's our portion going forward. These are our, our uh, foundational texts. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. Let's read a little bit. Hebrews chapter 10. Last week we talked about how important meditation in the Word of God was. And as you read the Scriptures in your private time, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you concerning redemption, concerning freedom, concerning liberty, which is your portion. We have been made free. Scripture says here in uh, Hebrews 10, verse 4, For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Talking about the old covenant sacrifices. The Bible says that it's not possible that those old covenant sacrifices should take away sins or could take away sins. Didn't have the power. Could only cover sin. Verse 5 declares, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering Thou wouldest not, but a body has thou prepared for me. That's Jesus talking. That's our Savior talking. The Bible says that a body God has prepared for him. Saying sacrifices and offerings, those old covenant offerings, God didn't want them operating under that system anymore. Verse 6. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sins, God has had no pleasure. Thou has had no pleasure. In other words, the old covenant sacrifices were to be done away with. Then Jesus declares in verse 7, Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. So Jesus, the Bible says, he searched the scriptures, the volume of the book. And it said of him, to do thy will Oh God, what was the will of Jesus? The will of God for Jesus was to be the Passover lamb for the church. Amen. Goes on to say in verse 8, Above when he said, Sacrifice and offerings and burnt offerings and offerings for sin, thou wouldest not, neither hast thou pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Again, God saying the old covenant sacrifices were now obsolete, and he would not honor them anymore. Verse 9, then he said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, 
that he may establish the second. It's talking about the new covenant that is established by the blood of Jesus Christ and is in operation right now working on our behalf. Amen. He says he takes away the first that he may establish the second. The church needs to get a hold to the understanding that the new covenant has been established and ratified by the blood of the Lamb, our Lamb, Jesus Christ, our Passover Lamb, Jesus Christ. And God expects us to experience the fullness of that sacrifice, the fullness of that blessing. He wants us to experience divine prosperity, divine healing, divine everything by way of this covenant. Goes on to say here in verse 10, by the which will we are sanctified or we have been set apart through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. Now, what we have to do during our prayer time, during our study time, is begin to meditate on those things. Begin to see ourselves as God sees us, divinely set free by the blood of the Lamb, sanctified by the blood of the Lamb, hallelujah, perfected, hallelujah, by the blood of the Lamb. That's our portion. And as we study tonight, I want us to see ourselves as God sees us. And the way God sees us is through his word. Whatever he says about us as new covenant believers God expects and wants us to believe it. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 7. Purge out therefore the old leaven, the old thinking. All of the old covenant thinking, he says, purge, uh, purge that out, that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrifice for us. Now, I wrote this down. I want you to hear this. When the father sees the blood of his son, all the power of death is broken off of your life. I'm going to say that again. When the father sees the blood of, the, blood of his son, all the power of death is broken off of your life forever. That's your portion. Now, God wants you to begin to see yourself freed from all of the power that death held over you before you got born again. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Sometimes when you preach this kind, of, this kind of stuff, people kind of like, they don't really grasp it right away. But we need to begin to see ourselves in the Word of God. Romans 8, verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I'm going to read that again. For the law of the spirit of life 
in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Death has passed over those who release faith in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I'm going to say that again. Death passes over those who release faith in the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ Jesus. Why is that so? Because we see ourselves only in Christ and no longer in Adam. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to begin to see ourselves only in Christ as new creatures in Christ Jesus and no longer in Adam. We've been freed from the spirit of death. We've been freed from the spirit of bondage. And now we are free in Christ to experience all that the new covenant has in store for us. If we can believe it, if we can trust what God says, if we can reckon ourselves with the mind of Christ, if we can believe that the finished work of the cross is indeed that, it's the finished work of the cross, and it has made us alive in Christ. While we're here on this earth right now, a lot of times people are just waiting until we get to heaven to experience the divine power of God. But God wants us, because of this, this uh, new covenant that we have with Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, he wants us to experience those things right now. Power over death, hallelujah. In every form it tries to manifest itself. The only reason that we don't is because we don't see ourselves raised up. We don't see ourselves seated together with him in heavenly places. We don't see ourselves one with him. Scripture says, as he is, so are we in this present world. I'm going to say that again. As he is, so are we right now. As you sit there in this present world, you got everything you'll ever need to overcome anything in this life. Right now. God wants you to see it that way when you're faced with trials, when you're faced with difficulties, when you're faced with giants and mountains. God wants you to see yourself as he sees you, and that is as an overcomer. Every single time. Doesn't matter what Goliath looks like. You got the victory. But God wants, to, wants you to believe it, that you're more than a conqueror in Christ. Go to Hebrews chapter 2. Our Passover lamb has done all this for us. What we have to do also, we have to take our eyes off of ourselves and put it on Jesus. He makes all the difference. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. For as much then has the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, Jesus, also himself likewise took part of the same. Why did he do that? Why did he come to the earth and take the form of a man? The Bible tells us 
that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. If that don't make you happy, I don't know what it is. <laughs> the Bible says that Jesus, through his death, destroyed him who had the power of death. Notice how the Bible puts that. Past tense. He had the power of death. He doesn't have the power of death anymore. It was taken away from him through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus now holds the keys of death and hell. Amen? So Satan does not have the power to place death on you anymore. No matter what form he tries to put it on you, whether through poverty or lack, sickness in your body, anything that's of the curse that he would try to place upon you, he does not have the, the legal right to do it anymore. This book, this covenant is a legal document. And everything that God says in it is law. If God says that Satan does not have the right anymore to place death upon you, when he tries to do it, he does it as a, as a spiritual outlaw. And you can kick out an outlaw anytime he tries to overcome you. Jesus took away Satan's legal right to create the death cycle in your life. So anytime the enemy tries to bring any form of death into your life, all you have to do is use your God-given authority and kick him out. Passivity has no place in the body of Christ. Passivity is what, is what robs us most of the time. We put up with things that God never intended for us to put up with because he's given us all the victory we'll ever need right here in this Word. But we have to see ourselves, again, as God sees us. Like I said last week, we were talking last week. We have to, and it's imperative, that we develop the mind of Christ. We've got to learn to think like He thinks. We have to learn to think like He thought when He walked the earth. He was a free man, and He knew it. And he refused to allow the enemy to bring any bondage into his life. Oh, Satan tried many times, but he knew who he was and he knew what he had. And he had the covenant with God. Same covenant that you have, that he had, you have also. And you have access to it just like he had access to it. The only difference is he believed it. He believed every word of it. Now, let's go to 2 Timothy. Chapter 1, I believe. Thank you, Lord. Now, before we get out of here tonight, you're going to get happy. <laughs> Because this word is the truth. Jesus said you'll know the truth. And the truth that you know, it's going to make you free. But you got to know the truth. I'll get to 2 Timothy in a minute. 
Second Timothy chapter one, verse eight. Paul writes, Be thou therefore be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel, according to the power of God. Or the afflictions that Paul was talking about was not sickness and disease. It was not poverty. It was not any of those things. He was a prisoner, and he was being, uh, they came against him because of his faith. But he was not living under the curse. Verse 9, who had saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, and this is what I want you to see, who had abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Now the Bible says that Jesus abolished death. Or in other words, he outlawed death. In God's kingdom, darkness and death are illegal. You have to see that. Death is not our portion. So Jesus abolished death. And the Bible says that he brought life and immortality to light. In other words, God wants us now to experience his supernatural life through the light of the gospel, through an understanding of what the word says about your redemption in Christ. When light is given concerning your freedom from death and the things that God has prepared for those who love him, we can begin to experience the fullness of our New Testament or New Redemption blessings. All the blessings that the New Covenant has for us, we can experience them when we allow the light of God to shine in our eyes. The light of the, light of, uh, the gospel is truth. Truth dispels darkness. Truth reveals who Christ has made us to be. And the freedom that we can experience every single time at a moment-by-moment basis, on a moment-by-moment basis. Let's go to John chapter 8. St. John chapter 8. So immortality and life are our portion now. Glory to God. Now, this is Jesus talking right here. Then spake Jesus again unto them. This is what he said. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Freedom from darkness is this. This is what freedom from darkness is. It's which, which is the grace 
to see and comprehend the power of the new birth. Let me say that again. Freedom from darkness is this. It is grace to see and comprehend the power of the new birth. That's what Jesus wants us to see. He wants us to see and comprehend the power of this new birth that we received when we got born again. A lot of Christians got born again, but they don't understand what truly happened. They don't really understand that they received God's own life in them when they got born again. Light reveals who he has made us to be. So that's what, that's what prayer time is about. That's what getting along with God is about. Allowing the Holy Spirit to paint a picture of what the new birth has done for us through Jesus Christ. And if you spend any quality time with God, God will begin to speak to you and tell you that you have nothing to fear ever. That the chains have been broken forever off of your life. It doesn't matter what the enemy says. We found out last week Satan is a liar. Everything that he, anything that speaks death to you, you must reject it and say, no, that's not my portion. God's already said amen to it. He's expecting us to say amen. All the promises the Bible says in Christ are yes and amen. So we have to begin to comprehend and see the power of the new birth. And when we do, the enemy will have no power over us to put that curse on us. So when I get a bad report from the doctor, I'm not shaken. I shouldn't be shaken because I know that death cannot have a hold upon me. I've been set free from that. The light of the gospel has revealed that to me. New creatures in Christ Jesus, that yoke doesn't fit anymore. The yoke of sickness does not fit anymore. And you can reject it when the enemy tries to bring it to you. When the, when the enemy says that your children are never going to get born again, that they're out there in the world and they're lost forever, the Bible says that the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. That's my portion. That's your portion. We have to believe what God says about us. John 12 and 36. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may be the children of the light. In other words, God is saying this. Believe whatever God's light reveals about your freedom. That's what he's saying. While you have the light, believe it. <laughs> believe what the light says. Believe what the word says. Believe what the, what the light of the glorious gospel of Christ says about you and your freedom. Believe that no weapon formed against you can ever prosper. God didn't say that weapons wouldn't be formed, but he said they cannot prosper against you. A lot of times when we have trouble, we ask God, well, God, why is this trouble coming against me? Why, is these, why are these things coming against me? Because the enemy hates you, that's why. But God has already given us the victory before we go into any battle. 
We have to believe what the word says. We are more than conquerors. Doesn't matter what he brings to us. Doesn't matter what weapon that he brings to, against us. It cannot prosper. That's how you have to stand. John chapter 10, verse 10. Very familiar scripture right here. When I got born again, this was one of my favorite verses in the Bible. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says, but I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it, life, more abundantly. So Jesus lets us know that the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but he comes that we might have life. Now again, the life that he's talking about is just not natural life. He's talking about the Zoe life of God. He's talking about a supernatural life that the Passover lamb has given to us. We're talking about the life that God himself enjoys. Hallelujah. That's your portion. We're connected to Jesus. We're connected to God through Christ. Everything, and I've taught this before, everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to us. And this life that is his life belongs to us also. So that abundant life is what God intends for us to experience. Now, give you an example of how God views that in terms of the new covenant's power over the old covenant. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11. Verse 11. Jesus says, Verily I say to you, so he's talking to you and I tonight, among them that are born of women, there had not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Now he just said a mouthful right there. Because Jesus was saying that John the Baptist was greater than Moses. He was greater than Elijah. He was greater than all the old covenant prophets before him. He was the greatest one. John operated under the old covenant. That's what he operated under. Jesus had not yet went to the cross. His blood had not been shed. So everything that he did was under the old covenant. And Jesus says that John the Baptist, was there, there was no, not anybody greater than John the Baptist. But then he makes a point here that we need to get a hold of. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. <laughs> that shows you the power of of this new covenant that, we're on, that we live under right now. The weakest member in the body of Christ is greater than John the Baptist. The weakest one of us, Jesus says, 
is greater than the old covenant's best, greatest prophet. The weakest one of us has more potential than John the Baptist, than Moses, than King David, than any of those old covenant heroes that we read about. The weakest one of us has more power and grace available to us if we'll only believe it. If we'll only believe. That's the key. We have to see ourselves in Christ and begin to apprehend this great power that has been given to us. Hallelujah. And not be intimidated by the weakness of our flesh (laughs) and even our failures. And trust in what God says about us. Amen. I'm getting ready to close. Ephesians chapter 1. Whenever I preach, I'm going to eventually get around to Ephesians because I I love this book. I love this book. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us. In other words, I'm already blessed. You're already blessed. Hallelujah. With everything that you'll ever need. The Bible says, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So all of our blessings, everything you'll ever need, has already been given you in Christ. You just have to see it. You have to allow the light of the gospel to reveal these things to you. According as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy, the Bible says, and without blame before him in love. So God sees you differently than you see yourself. He sees you holy and without blame. Verse 5, having predestinated unto us, the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So it's God's good pleasure to do these things. Nobody had to talk God into blessing us in this way. It's God's good pleasure to raise you up. It's God's good pleasure to empower you with supernatural power and strength. Verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace... Wherein he had made us accepted in the beloved. So I'm accepted, you're accepted, the Bible says. In whom we have redemption through his blood. Redeemed from sickness and disease. Redeemed from poverty. Redeemed from spiritual death. We've been redeemed from all of those things through the Passover blood of our Savior Jesus Christ. The forgiveness of sins according to what? The riches of his grace. Now, when you study your new covenant, when you see things like the riches of his grace, begin to understand that that's talking about God's grace. That's talking about God's favor. That's talking about the riches. And you're talking about God. You know he's got an enormous amount of grace. The riches of his grace poured upon us. The Bible says it abounds toward us on a moment-by-moment basis. This grace abounds toward us. All of the favor that you'll ever need is already abounding toward you. The the favor that you need to succeed and prosper 
in the midst of 2020, you got it right now. In the name of, if you'll believe it, if you'll believe it, we are not like the world. We've been separated from the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. And the curse of the world don't fit us. Amen. We have to reject it. Reject the fear. Reject the world's talk. And say what God says about us. The riches of his grace is our portion. Verse 8. Wherein he had abounded toward us. His grace, it abounds toward us. In all wisdom and prudence. That word prudence simply means understanding. God knows what he's doing. All we have to do is agree with him. Accept what he says. Rest in him. Hallelujah. I'm going to say that again. Rest in him. Believe what he says. And trust him. Your breakthrough is on the way. I'm going to say it again. Your breakthrough is on the way. Don't let your current circumstances speak louder than the grace of God. And believe what he says. You're coming out. You're coming out better than we, before you went in. Amen. You're coming out stronger and more full than before you went into the fire. Chapter 2. Verse 4. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins had he quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. So we've been made alive, the Bible says, with Christ. Verse 6. And has raised us up together. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So the scripture says we've been now raised up together and made to sit together with Christ at the very right hand of God. Hallelujah. Where Jesus is, that's where God sees you positionally. And you got to see yourself there. So that you can begin to experience everything that he experiences at the right hand of God. The freedom. The joy, the fellowship with the Father, all of those things are your portion in Christ right now. But you have to believe it. So we've, we've been raised up together, made to sit together with him in heavenly places. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, under good works. That's talking about the new birth. Which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. So God wants us, as I close tonight, he wants us to walk in these blessings. He wants us to experience these things. As you sit there here in 2020, going through all these things that we went through the first six months, the next six months, it's going to be great. The next six months, going to be fantastic. Because of this covenant that we have with him, we're going to shine as lights in a dark world because of this grace that has been afforded us. Stand to your feet. The Passover lamb, Jesus Christ, our Passover lamb.
has set us free forever. Father God, we thank you tonight. May your word find good ground tonight. May we receive it in its fullness. And in our quiet times with you, Lord, help us to meditate upon your truth. Help us to glorify you as we receive and walk in your truth. I pray, Father God, that you would strengthen us with might by your spirit in our inner man. That Christ would dwell in our hearts by faith. Pray, Lord God, as we move forward, Lord God, we would experience more and more of your freedom in Christ. And know the things that have freely been given to us by way of your death, burial, and resurrection. To you be the glory forever throughout all of eternity. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Is there anybody who needs any prayer tonight? I feel like we want to pray for some people tonight. Anybody who needs any prayer, I want you to come forward tonight, and we're going to pray for you.